0: Uh, This morning, and uh, I would like to turn your attention to the gospel according to Matthew, the 26th chapter. The 26th chapter, we're going to begin reading at the 69th verse. I will also be reading from the book of Mark and the 16th chapter. Matthew 26, verse 69, and then Mark chapter 16, verse 2. Matthew 26, 69 reads as follows. Now Peter sat without in the palace... And a damsel came unto him, saying, This also, thou also, was with Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. He's just lying. I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Strong language. He, he, he used an oath. He swore that he did not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Then began he not only to, to swear an oath, but he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew and Peter remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and I want you to pay close attention to these last three words and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. Mark chapter 16 and we're going to begin uh, reading at the second verse. The scripture says of course this is following the resurrection of Jesus people were just learning Uh, many people had not yet learned that Jesus had risen from the dead and very early in the morning the first day of the week they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun and they said among themselves who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher because they were going to bring spices to the body and when they looked they saw that the stone was, was already rolled away for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. And I want you to notice what he says here. Tell his disciples and tell Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. Oh, praise God. He had a message for Peter. Go tell the disciples and, and make sure you tell Peter that he is alive and that you can go see him and he, just as he said unto you. I want to preach for just a few moments uh, this morning on the subject, a message for those who weep. A message for those who weep. Hallelujah. Anybody ever wept? Anybody ever wept? You might know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Come on, don't don't, don't act like you've never been there. Anybody ever wept yourself to sleep? Anybody ever wept over your own mistakes and failures? Or the hurt someone else has caused? But God has a message for you today. In Jesus' name. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your mighty power, for your great grace, your great love wherewith you have loved us. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless us this morning as we enter into your word and we endeavor to know you more. Lord, I, I, I sincerely thank you for answering our prayers, for hearing our cry. Hallelujah. Making a way for your word to go forth. We love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Let Let me bring to your attention the uh, very powerful ministry of this man by the name of Peter, the Apostle Peter. We, of course, last week celebrated the day of Pentecost. The week end was a beautiful weekend where we celebrated the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And uh, we had a tremendous time in that celebration. And, of course, we joined with... Uh, other, others in the apostolic community and we enjoyed the fellowship so very much and uh, it's a beautiful thing as uh, was already stated when brethren dwell together in unity and uh, it, was, it was a celebration about an event that occurred in the book of Acts Acts the second chapter the scripture says that that when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord and they were all in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That there were, there were people that heard the commotion. Of what was going on in the upper room. And when you get a bunch of people together experiencing the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a commotion. There's going to be a commotion. And they gathered to see what was happening in the upper room. And and the scripture says that there were devout Jews there that came out of every nation under heaven. And that when they walked in, they marveled one to another, because they heard them speaking in other tongues, and they were listening to them speak languages that they knew they didn't know, but they understood the languages because they spoke them in their native tongue. And so they looked at one another, and they asked a question. They said, what does this mean that we hear these men speak in our languages wherein we were born? And others were on the sideline watching it, and they didn't speak multiple languages so to them it was just a bunch of babbling and they knew these guys and knew that they didn't speak multi- multiple languages uh, and, and so they looked at one another and said these guys are drunk it's the only explanation for this they're drunk and, and so there was explanation needed somebody needed to grab the mic and, and share with the room what in the world was going on and so Peter standing up with the eleven the Bible says rose to the occasion he rose to the occasion now this was fitting because Jesus had given to Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven and said whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven and so Peter standing up with the 11 began to dangle those keys to the kingdom and said these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, and on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days." And And so Peter began then to preach Jesus. When he preached Jesus, the room fell silent to hear what he was preaching. And he preached Jesus from every which direction. He preached him from the Psalms. He preached him from the books of the law. He talked about uh, David's references and and revealed that these were messianic prophecies. Of course, he had also referenced Joel, as I had mentioned a moment ago. And, And then he brought it down to this this climactic moment where he said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. When they saw their sin exposed to them, when it was revealed to them that they were guilty of the blood of the innocent Christ, And that Jesus was in fact the Christ. That they were pricked in their heart and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's when Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that that's the same answer to the same question? It has not changed. It has not changed. When somebody asks the question. What shall we do about the sin of our life? The answer remains the same. And if you hear nothing else I say for the rest of my life, hear this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God used Peter greatly on the day of Pentecost. He raised him up, and he stood there with the eleven, and he declared the truth of God to an upper room filled with hungry hearts and eager listeners to the word of the Lord. That's not the only time God used Peter in a dramatic way. In the very next chapter, the Bible says Peter and John were walking to the temple to pray. Because it was the hour of prayer. And as they were on their way into the temple. Peter and John are walking by. And there's a lame man sitting at the gate. The gate that is called Beautiful. And the man looked upon Peter and John. Hoping to receive something of them. His eyes fastened on them. Peter and John fastened their eyes upon the man. They came over to him. He was hoping to get a little bit of change. What he didn't know is not only was he going to get change. He was going to receive the change. That he'd been looking for all of his life. And he said, Is there anything you can give me? Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He grabbed him by the hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And that man who had been lame all those years began to walk and to leap and to praise God. And he followed Peter and John into the temple. Peter and John went to Solomon's porch. He followed them to Solomon's porch. Not just him, but everybody around followed them to Solomon's porch. This man had been lame for as long as those people could remember. And here he is walking, leaping, shouting, giving God the praise. And now he's standing on Solomon's porch with Peter and John. And and, and Peter never wasted an opportunity. He began to declare to that audience exactly what had happened to that man. That it had nothing to do with Peter and John. But it had to do with the great name of Jesus Christ. Well, this got him in big trouble. So they called him in. They hauled him in. And they began to question them and ask them about what in the world was done to this man that has caused such an uproar in the temple. And Peter said, listen, you don't need to be questioning me. It's not by my power. It's not by my might. It's not by anything that I am capable of doing. But it is by the name of Jesus Christ that this man is made whole. And he went further and said, while we're talking about it, neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh hallelujah. This was Peter. This was what God this is what Peter did in the New Testament church. Not only did he do that that day in the temple and in the upper room. But when it came time for the Holy Ghost to fall upon the Samaritans, Peter was ready for the job. Philip had gone into Samaria preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Declaring unto them that Jesus is the Christ. That we must turn from our wicked ways and be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Samaritans began to believe him. There was one Samaritan by the name of Simon. He was a sorcerer. He had greatly bewitched the people and had convinced them that he was some great man and Philip preached Jesus. He let me tell you something. The preaching of Jesus will break any chain anywhere at any time on anybody. It doesn't matter if it's a chain of sorcery or witchcraft. Hallelujah. When Jesus is preached, it will break the chains. Can I tell you it'll break the chains that bind you this morning? Philip preached Jesus, and the Bible says Simon the sorcerer believed what Philip was preaching, and he was baptized. Well, the Lord had other work for Philip to do, so he moved Philip on, and it was time for these people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the scripture says Peter came down into the equation. When Peter comes down into the equation, he starts to lay hands on the people. And as Peter laid hands upon the people, hallelujah, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Simon had a problem. He wanted, he wanted that power because in his flesh he thought this was a way he could get some manipulation. And he said, give me this power. I've got money. I'll give you money for the power. And I wish this was something that preachers in today's day and age could understand. You can't buy this. I don't care how much they offer you, don't sell it out. I said, I I don't care how much they offer you, don't sell out the real thing, the power, the glory, hallelujah, the name, the gift of God. Peter said, your money perish with you. For I perceived you on the bond of iniquity and in the gall of bitterness. He rebuked him right there on the spot. And so the scripture teaches us, not only did Peter do that, but do you know Peter was used of God to raise people from the dead? Hallelujah! He raised people from the dead when he prayed for them. They had already died. Tabitha, the seamstress, uh, Dorcas had already passed away. But Peter, when he walked into the room, he knelt down beside her bed, put everybody out of the room, knelt down beside her bed, prayed over her. And when he finished praying, he looked at the body and said, Tabitha, arise. And the life came back into that woman's body. And she rose from the dead. I'm talking about Peter, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The scripture teaches us that he had come into his house. He was ready to eat. They were preparing food. You know what it's like when you come into the house and and mom's preparing food. And grandma's preparing food. It is so good. That's all you can think about. You can't think about anything else. That's all you can think about. It smells so good, all you can do is salivate and anticipate. But Peter went to the rooftop. I think he went to the rooftop so he wouldn't smell everything that was cooking in the kitchen. And he went to the rooftop to pray. What do you do when you're waiting for the food to be prepared? Go get on Instagram. Go get on Facebook. Go text somebody. Go text somebody. Go check out sports, check out the news. That's not what Peter did. Peter was an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. When it was time, when he had a few minutes to spare, what do you do with your spare time? Hallelujah. Peter showed us what to do with our spare time. He had a few minutes to spare, so he went to the rooftop, and he began to call on the name of the Lord. He began to pray until he prayed himself, the Bible says, right into a trance he's literally on the rooftop and he's oblivious to the world around him. His carnal mind is shut down because he has prayed himself into the presence of the most high God when he was in that position hallelujah of prayer. That's where God can speak to you clearly. That's where God can deal with your deepest issues. That's, I'm going to tell you something, you don't need, you would need less psychoanalysis if you would pray yourself more into the presence of all Almighty God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you because Peter had something in him he didn't even know he had. He had a deep root of racist prejudice inside of him where he didn't like Gentiles and he wanted nothing to do with Gentiles. And here came a sheet from heaven in a vision with all manner of unclean food on it. And Peter recoiled at it, especially when the Lord of glory said, rise, slay, and eat. And he's in the presence of God. He's in, the, he's, in the, he's in the absolute very presence of the Most High God, and he's still rebellious. Wow. Nay, Lord. No, 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 God. I'm, I'm going to teach you a thing or two, God. <laughs> Maybe you don't understand. I don't eat things like this. And the Lord said, rise, slay, and eat. He continued to be defiant, and the Lord finally said, don't you call what I have cleansed common or unclean. <laughs> But he had to pray himself into a position where God could deal. It's like an anesthesia, if you please. See, God can't get down on the inside of you as long as your flesh is awake and moving around, talking, chatting, laughing, just shooting the breeze. But if you'll pray yourself into a spiritual anesthesia to where you don't know what's going on, you're not paying attention to anybody around you. It's just you and Jesus. That's when the great physician can open you up and deal with with your stuff. That's when the great physician can open you up and deal with the stuff you're not honest about. Deal with the stuff nobody can correct you on. Deal with the stuff that you're stubborn about, rebellious about, defiant about, and just outright carnal. And so Peter lay bare before the Lord. And the Lord gets down into that root of prejudice and just pulls it out of him, unplucks it, and says, Peter, there are going to be men arrive at your door. Be ready. And Peter goes to the door, and when he meets those men, he knows that the Lord has prepared him for maybe his most monumental task, which is to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And every one of us ought to give God praise because if he hadn't preached to the Gentiles, So thank God Peter was praying that day Thank God Peter didn't shut God down Because that's why you and I are here Because he preached to the Gentiles You and I don't have, you, you and I don't have any right to the blessing of Abraham Are you kidding me? We have no access to the covenant of Abraham. We're foreigners to the covenant of faith. We're strangers to the promise of God. If it weren't for the mercy of the Lord, if it weren't for the grace of God, I don't belong here. Do you know where I belong? I belong dead and in hell. I belong in torment. But God, who is rich in mercy, reached way down. Peter goes to Cornelius' house and preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. He preached to them what he preached in the upper room. In the upper room, they heard the message through its entirety. And in the end, they said, oh, my, what shall we do? But when Peter was preaching at Cornelius' house, they were already hungry, waiting, (laughs) waiting. Did, they didn't even know what they were looking for. They were just looking for something. They were just eager. Tell me what I need to hear. Speak to me. Preach to me, preacher. Let me know what the truth is. And while Peter was pre- the Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, he had barely gotten it out of his mouth that the Lord on the third day raised that body up out of the grave he had barely gotten those words out of his mouth and the bible said while peter yet spake these words the holy ghost fell on them which heard the word i would to god we have a while he yet spake these words holy ghost outpouring i would to god that while we yet preach the holy ghost just takes over Would you let him do it would you let him do it would you let the holy ghost have his way would you throw open your heart throw open your mind throw open your soul and say god i want you to do something hallelujah, hallelujah. in my life i'll tell you peter was a great apostle the scripture says that peter while he was doing the work of the lord he had he, he had raised such he had raised such a ruckus and in the uh early church that herod imprisoned him because he knew it would please the jews for political gain herod imprisoned peter and and you wonder how in the world christians would become persecuted in today's age i'll tell you how for political gain because there'll come a day when it's the right it's the popular thing to do in popular culture to persecute Christians. We're getting there. And it'll be for political gain. And Herod went, took Peter, cast him into prison. Because he knew that it was going to please the Christians. And there was persecution abounding already. And they were, they were decapitating different, different people. Martyring people. And here Peter is trapped in prison. Well, you know what the church did when Peter was cast into prison. They didn't just go along with business as usual. They didn't just act like nothing was going on. They didn't just hear it and say, oh, that's bad. See it on Facebook and click, cry face. Oh, it's too bad. It was such a shame. And scroll on down to the next puppy video. That's not what they did. When they found out Peter was in prison, they called a prayer meeting. They called a prayer meeting. Hallelujah. And the church began to pray. Woo, I said the church began to pray. The young and the old alike, hallelujah, they began to pray. All ethnicities together began to pray. I remember the old song that said, when the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory, then the glory of the Lord is coming down, coming down, 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 coming down, down, down. The glory of the Lord is coming down. Hallelujah. They're praying. They're praying. Little, little do they know, while they're praying, the Lord dispatches an angel. He answers their prayer. And the while they're praying, And pleading with God, presenting supplications to God, interceding on Peter's behalf. The Lord has dispatched an angel. They're over here praying. The angel walks in undetected in the prison, comes down to Peter, who's sitting between two guards. The angel's invisible. He evidently makes Peter invisible. He pulls Peter out from between the two guards, said, follow me. We're breaking out of this joint. It's a prison break. Don't tell me prayer doesn't have power. I don't know what you're going through, but pray, pray. Don't worry about it. Pray about it. Don't fret. Don't fear, don't worry, don't doubt. Pray. Pray. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how young you are, pray. Doesn't matter how old you are, pray. Peter busts up out of that prison and goes to the prayer meeting. Afraid he's going to be late. You know why he went to the prayer meeting? He found out they were having a prayer meeting. I don't even know if he showed up to say, hey, guys, it worked. I think he may have looked at the church calendar. Oh, Oh, they're having a prayer meeting. You just got out of prison, still going to the prayer meeting. Don't you know what you've been through? I'm still going to be in the house of God. Peter knocks on the door. Rhoda goes, answers the door. They've been praying for how long, who knows how long, for Peter to be delivered from prison. Here's Peter standing before him. She shuts the door in his face. Does not believe that Peter is out of prison. Oh, hallelujah. Said it's his ghost. Oh, my, they already killed him. They already cut his head off. And here's his ghost standing here in front of us. Hallelujah. This, this man, Peter was an amazing apostle of God, but it wasn't always that way. Hmm. You can look around this room. You pick your prayer warrior, and I'll tell you of each one of them, it wasn't always that way. You can go around this room. You can pick your soul winner. And I can tell you it wasn't always that way. You can go around this room and pick your godly man and virtuous woman. And I can tell you of a surety, it wasn't always that way. Everybody in this house and some even right now had their moments where they wept bitterly before God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, you know what I'm talking about you can remember it even now when thoughts of suicide flooded your mind you can remember it even now when you thought you were going to leave it all behind you leave your family, leave your work leave your church, leave everybody start a new life or take your life you didn't know what the end was going to be but God, but God God I don't know how to explain it I just know he's able I said I don't know how to explain it but I know he's able to reach down into the darkest most destructive of circumstances and bring new life hallelujah Peter was Peter was always vocal, Brother Wilson. He was always vocal. He always had a a brash, a brash mouth. He would always open up his mouth and just say what was on his mind. Sometimes it was misguided. Sometimes it was well-intentioned. But he would always, even even when Jesus said something needed to be done a certain way, Peter would rise up and defy him in an attempt to be holier than everybody in the room. Well, they're going to take me and they're going to... Betray me and crucify me, and, and, and no, not so, Lord. No, it's the will of God. I don't care if it's the will of whoever. I'm so holy. The will of God doesn't matter to me. I won't ever let it happen. He said, Hey, Satan. Oh, that got his attention. Get behind me because you don't understand the things of God. Peter was trying to be. What he wanted to be. He he wanted to be that apostle. He wanted to be that preacher to the Gentiles. That preacher to the Jews. He he really did. Peter wanted God to use him in this way. But he couldn't do it on his own. And you can't do it on your own. I'm going to tell you something. When push comes to shove, you'll find out how weak your flesh is. I said, when push comes to shove, you'll find out how weak your flesh is. When everybody's waving palm leaves to Jesus, oh, it's easy to say, I'm with this guy. In front of Time Magazine, photo bombing. <laughs> I'm with him. He, he, I, I'm a disciple of Christ. But you let the whole world turn on it and the sun go dark, and the earth begin to quake, and the veil in the temple is rent in twain, and everybody's mocking Him, and everybody is ridiculing Him, and they might just crucify you with Him. And we're going to find out if you really love Him. Jesus had told Peter, Peter, let me tell you where your spirit is right now. I know, I know you feel like you're holier than everybody here, and that you, you would do anything for me, and you'd fight to the death for me, but let me tell you where your spirit really is. Before the rooster crows... You will deny me three times that's where your spirit is now I'm gonna take you from that I'm gonna make you listen I'm gonna make you solid as a rock as a matter of fact I'm gonna change your name I'm not even gonna let you be called by your old name your name is Simon I'm gonna call you Petra rock little rock because I'm gonna reveal things my father which is in heaven has revealed unto you who I really am and upon this rock of revelation I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it but let me tell you where you are right now you'll deny me as soon as the going gets tough no there's absolute you don't understand how much i love you oh i know satan desires to sift you as wheat but i have prayed for you Hallelujah, don't you know? Listen, let me just break this, put this in there real quick. Jesus Christ ever liveth to make intercession for us? Oh my God. I have prayed for you because Satan desires to sift you as wheat, and sure enough, people walking around with their torches, people spitting on the Christ. People beating him, mocking him. They have lacerated his back publicly. People can see the blood dripping from his back. He's carrying a cross. And, and, and he's got a crown of thorns to, to mock this claim that he's the king. They took a crown of thorns and shoved it down onto his head so that it would pierce through his skin and his face is covered with blood. And it's a terrifying scene. And Peter got scared. He was like, oh, well, now. Didn't know all that was going to go down. So he started to kind of fade into the background. And while he's kind of slipping out, somebody said, hey, wait a minute. I've seen you before. Weren't you like passing fish out to multitudes of thousands? No. No. <laughs> but I got a picture of you right here on Instagram. Look, you got, you got basket. Look. It's not me. If you're in a Photoshop, it's not me. There's an app for that. They can do whatever they want to with them pictures. It wasn't me, he said. I mean, it didn't happen just like that, but but you know. Peter said, it wasn't me, and then and then somebody else sees him and said, I know this, this guy is one of the disciples. And he swore with an oath. I'm not with him. He knowingly denied Christ. And let me tell you something. He wasn't just trying to get out of that jam. Let me, let me tell you something about what Peter was doing. He wasn't just trying to get out of there alive. Peter was literally severing ties with Jesus Christ. He was was not just saying, that wasn't me. He was saying, I'm done. I thought this was the way to go, but it's not. I'm done. I'm severing my ties. I'm not with him. Maybe I once was, but not now. I'm not with him. I'm severing ties with Jesus the Christ. The third time it happened... Peter thought he'd be more convincing. So he went on a cursing rampage. No disciple of Christ would ever talk like Peter talked. He, he cursed up one side and down the other just to let them know, do I look like a disciple now? And right when he finished swearing and cursing, the rooster crowed. And Peter looked over at Jesus, and Jesus looked over at Peter. I don't know what Jesus' face looked like. It was probably a look of compassion. But if Jesus were me, it would have looked like, hmm But that's not what Jesus, Jesus, you know Jesus looked with love and compassion and kindness and all that. But if, if, if you and I were the ones, we'd be like, mm-hmm. Well, I thought you were going to fight for me. When Peter realized that he had utterly and completely betrayed and denied his involvement with Jesus Christ. He ran to a quiet and secret place and the Bible says he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. I want to ask somebody if they know what it's like to weep Bitterly. Now, I know you know what it's like to weep. You've wept when you were sad. You've wept when things didn't go your way. You might have even wept tears of joy. You've wept. You know what it's like to weep. But do you know what it's like to weep bitterly? Do you know what it's like to weep because you know that you knowingly did something so bad, so wrong, so evil, something so contrary to what you know is the right thing to do? Can I preach to somebody Under a cloud of condemnation this morning. Can I preach to somebody. Who's suffering under a load of shame. Can I preach to somebody. Who's dealing with guilt. That you can't overcome. Guilt that you don't think would ever lift off of you. And tell you that God has a message for those who weep. Those who weep bitterly. Hallelujah. The Bible said Hannah was weeping and it describes bitter weeping for a different reason. Nothing she had done against the Lord. This bitter weeping was something else. She wanted a child. She needed a child. She was desperate for a child. She went into the temple. Elkanah had two wives. His other wife, she was capable of having plenty of children. And it was just this cloud hanging over Hannah's head. And she went into the temple and she she could no longer take the, the pressure. She could no longer take the feelings that were dogging her mind. And she was laying herself out before the Lord. She told Eli because Eli saw her crying so bitterly so vehemently that Eli thought she was drunk he was was not in tune with what was happening and he said she is crying because she's intoxicated he looked at her and said how long will you be drinking the wine put the wine from you and she looked up and she said no you don't understand she had wept herself into a place where she could no longer talk she had wept so bitterly That words wouldn't come out of her mouth and Eli thought it was intoxication but she said no you don't understand I have poured my soul out unto the Lord I have poured my soul out unto the Lord when Eli realized that she was sincere and that she was not intoxicated Eli had a message for her and it's the message that God has for all those who weep he said go thy way and go in peace for the Lord Lord God will grant unto thee thy position petitions it's the message that the Lord has for anybody who's weeping with a broken heart with a contrite spirit anybody who's seeking God from the sincerity of their soul it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter where you've been it doesn't matter what mistakes you've made the Lord saveth such as be of a contrite spirit cross nigh to them that have of a broken heart. <laughs> Ezra and Nehemiah were introducing the law of God again. When they introduced the law of God, after rebuilding the wall, they were having a revival. The law of God was going to be reinstituted. They were supposed to read the law of God every year in the ears of the people of Israel. But they had been in captivity so long, it had been a long time so many had never even heard the law of god read children had never heard it young people had never heard it there were adults who had never heard the law of god read Ezra and Nehemiah open up the books of the law and begin to read the words of the law of god when they read the words of the law of god it is like somebody hit that crowd with a hammer the law of god was too heavy it was so it was so weighty they were so They were so far from it. They began to look at their lives and compare it to the law of God and said, we're we're so far. The law is so perfect. What it requires is so pristine. The expectation of God is too much. And they began to weep. They began to mourn. They began to cry out when they heard the words of the law of God. I feel like some would do that here today if you understood what is actually expected of us, what is required of us. It would make you weep. It would make you mourn when you considered your own sinfulness when you considered how far you really are from God but Nehemiah grabbed the mic and said weep not stop weeping Mourn not, for this day is holy unto the Lord. Mourn not, weep not, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and give a portion to your neighbor for whom nothing is prepared. And this is why he said, For the joy, it's the message that God has for everybody who's weeping bitterly. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm gonna say it again in case you didn't hear it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It's time to shake off those heavy bands. It's time to lay down the spirit of heaviness and understand that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. God has a message for you. I said God has a message for you. Peter denied him he he literally said i want nothing more to do with this man i wasn't with him he lied about that but in the same statement he's saying i'm not with him anymore peter backslid turned his back on jesus christ denied him cursed him betrayed him the eyes of jesus confirmed to peter that it was registered what he had done let me tell you something ladies and gentlemen When you find yourself in that position where you've walked away from God, there's only one thing to do. And it's not run further. And it's not couch down in shame. And it's not go hide under some condemnation. Here's what you do. You go find a place. And you weep bitterly. Weep bitterly. How many elders do we have that remember the old song, He washed my eyes with tears? Remember that beautiful song? You know what, you need to do that sometimes. You need to just weep before the Lord and let Him wash your eyes with tears. I know Pentecostal services can seem so crazy to so many people because we shout, we clap, we yell, we sing, we dance, we jump. And then when we get real happy, we cry. I, don't, I, I get it, but I don't get it. You, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's this strange human emotion. And people can relate to it because they have that same emotion. They call them tears of joy. What it means is that, that there was some kind of a pain that was lodged so deep inside the person. Some kind of a loneliness that was so so deeply felt inside of them that when it finally breaks because the loved one they've missed comes home. Or because of the the situation they needed resolved gets resolved. And all of a sudden the pain and the loneliness all at once breaks. It releases a human emotion and tears will come out of your eyes while you're laughing. And you'll be weeping. That's what happens when somebody comes to an old-fashioned altar Hallelujah. They come weeping for one reason when they arrive but they leave weeping for another reason when they leave. When they come down they're weeping because of the shame they feel. Because of the sorrow they feel. Because of the condemnation that is hanging over their head. Because all of the things they know they've not done right. All of the hidden stuff. All of the secret sins. All the junk that nobody anywhere knows about. And if they do they're sworn to secrecy only you and God are dealing with this stuff in your spirit and you weep and you weep go ahead weep on because the Lord hears that cry can I tell you that the Lord hears the voice of innocent blood and the Lord smells the stench of sin and the Lord smells the incense of praise and the Lord hears the cry of a broken heart the Bible says this poor man cried and the Lord delivered him out of all his trouble. So Peter just kind of hung in suspense. Weeping bitterly. What do I do? The only wonderful person I've ever known in my life. God in flesh. Me, the big dummy that I am, the low, down, good for nothing, just just an awful person. What do I do With with a man who would do anything for me? What do I do for him? I do what you'd expect me to do. I deny him. I betray him. I curse him. When the going gets tough and then the word comes the stone is rolled away the stone is rolled away what do you mean the stone is rolled away is somebody in the grave well there's somebody in there but it ain't Jesus Jesus has risen from the dead and there was an angel inside that grave and and and, and the angel listen god sent angels to give messages to his people he sent an angel with a message to Moses, he sent an angel with a message to Joshua, he sent an angel with a message to Gideon, he sent an angel with a message to Balaam, he sent an angel with a message to Daniel, he sent an angel with a message to Samson's parents, he sent an angel with a message to Zechariah. The Lord sends angels with messages, and this time there was an angel inside the tomb with a message for Peter. Peter He told me to come tell all the disciples, but especially you. All the disciples look at Peter. Why him? Only God knows. I'll tell you why, Peter. Because the Lord remembered he was the one who wept bitterly and God has a message for those who weep go to Galilee he'll meet you there he'll be there just as he said unto you he will be there he is alive forevermore there's a message for those who weep bitterly there's a message for those who think you've drifted so far that God could never reach you and the message is he's still here he hasn't left he's alive forevermore and he'll meet you there i said he'll meet you there can i give you a promise from god if my people which are called by my name oh hallelujah i feel the holy ghost He didn't give a bunch of lists of what you you could have done and couldn't do. And if you did this, then you no longer, this no longer applies to you. And if you did that, this no longer applies. He just simply said, if my people, which are called by my name, no matter how far they've gone, no matter how far they've drifted, no matter how difficult the circumstances, if they pray, seek my face, humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, Here's the message. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Come on, I need the weepers to shout in praise. I need those who know what it's like to weep bitterly, to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I promise. There was a there was a man in our church. A wonderful man. Man in our church in Kokomo, Indiana. A godly man. But it wasn't always that way. He had been a preacher a preacher, but he fell into sin, really bad sin, difficult sin. They had to actually remove his credentials to preach with their organization because of the sin. And this man went deeper and deeper into his sin. He found himself in Kokomo, Indiana, where his grandfather once pastored. And my father was now the pastor. My father found out that he was living in Kokomo. He went to him. He said, God's not done with you. He said, I want you to come to church. Come to the house of God. He'd show up as often as he could to invite him to the house of God, to the house of God. I remember the Easter Sunday that the man came to church. He came to the altar on Sunday morning and bowed his face in that altar. And he wept. And he wept. And he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. He wept until the shame came through his tears. He wept until the guilt just rolled off of his shoulders. He wept bitterly all afternoon. Sunday night service came and he was still in that altar. Weeping bitterly before the Lord. And the Lord heard his cry. You know, we have to be careful not to rush folks through repentance. Repentance. There's something so beautiful that happens when we really know we've done wrong and we come before the God of our salvation and our judgment. And we say, God, I know you don't have to do anything for me. But Lord, here's my sin and I give it to you. And I plead with you, God, to take it from me. God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Hallelujah. I remember when that man poured his heart, as Hannah said, he poured his soul unto the Lord. A couple of years later, a guest preacher came through who knew him from when they had been preachers together. And he saw him in the audience. And he came down off the platform and he said, My brother, it's so good to see you. Man, I I, I didn't know what happened to you. I I lost track of you, and I, I didn't know what happened to you. He said, let me tell you. He said, I would have been lost. He pointed to my father. He said, you see that man right there? He said, he wouldn't let me go to hell. Can I get a witness from somebody right now who will say with me to somebody who's struggling, if you want to go to hell, you got to climb over First Apostolic Church. Hey, if you want to lose your soul, you're going to have a job because we're going to put up every stumbling block in your path. You're going to have to climb over our prayers. You're going to have to climb over our love. You're going to have to climb over the word. You're going to have to climb over our testimony because God has a message for you. He's alive. He's alive. He keeps his promises. His promises are true. His word is sure. His word is steadfast. Come on, somebody stand to your feet with me right now. Stand to your feet with me right now. Lift up your hands and your voices unto the Lord, will you? Will you lift your hands and your voices unto the Lord? Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know what you're going through right now, but I've got a message. I don't know what's caused your tears, but I've got a message for you. I don't know what's causing you to weep so bitterly, but I've got a message for you. He's alive, and his promises are true. And he will grant unto you the petition that you make unto him, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Weeping, may do it for a night. Weeping, hallelujah. May endure for a night and I'm preaching to some folks who are coming through a long season of nighttime weeping, 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 weeping. May endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. It's time to dry those tear-stained eyes. And rejoice again in the God of your salvation. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. All across this building, I want us to open up our hearts unto the Lord. All across this building, just open up your hearts unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm opening these altars for somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost. I need somebody to run to this altar right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Somebody needs to run to this altar right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God is able he's able to reach down into your circumstances right now he's able to reach into your circumstances right now he hears the cry he hears the cry come on that's it somebody else somebody else the holy ghost is doing something the holy ghost is doing something hallelujah hallelujah come on the holy ghost is doing something don't be afraid to weep before god weep bitterly before the lord he hears your cry he'll respond to it i need some folks to help me come pray right now in the name of jesus come on, that's it, God bless you come on, in the name of Jesus hallelujah, hallelujah yeah